All right, guys, before we begin this podcast, I just wanted to add this in there. We got late, late news right after we'd finished recording this thing, uh, and everybody would signed off that Bubba Wallace was going to a new team with uh, Denny Hamlin as part owner, with Michael Jordan and stuff like that. So what we're going to do is, inst- because we can't really get together right now at this moment to uh, give our opinions and any background on that story. We're actually going to wait and address that next week as well as any other like big league NASCAR silly season news. Because in traditional fashion, obviously news drops right after we put the podcast out or right after we finish recording it. So while I was editing it, I wanted to just kind of put this out there so that if anybody's interested in that news to wait until next week until we can get a lot more news out about it and uh, form better opinions so also i wanted to mention to keep your eyes peeled to youtube to the vault productions or sid's view page because tom dimaggio and uh, a bunch of us got together and formed basically a reunion show this past saturday that i think we mentioned in the show already but keep your eyes peeled that should be releasing today and i, I believe a couple other Uh, episodes will be coming out from that so watch for that Uh, but until next week let's play the music welcome to the making laps podcast if he actually figures because i didn't tell him we were calling i just figured maybe he'll answer or maybe he'll be like i'll shut it down i'm not on my computer fuck off i know right are we doing this again uh yeah oh boy are you ready sure i didn't tell you i was just gonna are you sober or are you drunk i haven't had a stick of alcohol today Oh, we hang up. <laughs> I suppose nothing like throwing you right into the fire without any warning. Not my idea. I thought it would be funny, but it didn't pan out that way. No, you, I, I really. I'm kinda, we expected better from this, but it didn't really work out that great. But I think I've got the COVID or no. Ebola. I've got something. I've got the cold vid or seasonal allergies. Ragweed. I don't know. I felt like shit all day today. Then again, I did. You have a case of the Mondays. Yeah, but Monday is, my, Monday is my Sunday, so let me know on Tuesday how I feel. Day drinking, like Phil said. Yeah, that's what I was doing all day. I started at like 11. Well, God damn it. It never gets old, though. Uh... Hello and welcome back to the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Somebody just texted me. I think it was Phil, who we're actually on the line with, which is kind of strange. Why would that come up? Oh, okay. He's sending me pictures. He's now ready. He's got, it looks like Jaeger, Crown, Jim Beam Fire, Jack. Jack Fire. What's it? Jack Fire with a splash of Coke for color. Oh, it's just, it's very, it's kind of cloudy on my phone. You have the best that medium shelf liquor can afford. And I've got Fireball to combat my cold vid, seasonal allergies, whatever the hell this is. They're all the same basic thing. All right, so I am Brent Gleason. 
Alongside me is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason, and on the phone is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes, back again for like the fourth week in a row. It's becoming a normal thing for you, Phil. Again? Yeah, again. Well, um, it used to be normal, and then it wasn't, and now it is again, just like our iRacing League. This is the new normal. Oh, what iRacing League? Does that exist? We had an iRacing League, and people used to do it, and then, um, just like the podcast, everything fell off the face of the earth. And nobody listened or, or like played eye racing with us Everyone anymore. Everyone found and, out it sucked. Yeah, and then, and like <laughs> we don't know why because That's no one truth. tells us. So <laughs> it's it's the same with the podcast. They don't want to hurt your group. feelings. Well, I, I tell people all the time: send us feedback, send us suggestions, send us topics, send us discussion points, send us whatever. And I get nothing. I'm like, okay, so I don't know how to change the podcast to make it better for the listener. So I'm just kind of going by the seat of my pants here. There's everybody in the world has a podcast, okay? Yeah, no, I got on a train a little late on this one, I guess. Anyway, I'm just trying to fill the void of another one that left and never came back. So, anyway, personal update. I guess uh, I know I haven't been back at Stafford or anywhere lately because I've been doing all sorts of different updates to my car. I I had to pull the fuel cell out and paint it red and do all the stuff we mentioned in the last episode. I actually um, went through and cut the entire right side of the firewall out and moved it out to hopefully be a lot more within their rule tolerances or compliance or whatever they ask me to do, which will do absolutely nothing to the performance of the car. But I did all that, and I went through the right front after smacking the wall and found some loose bolts and did a couple more maintenance topic issues and or topical maintenance issues, I should say. Um, it's all basically back together, and I, I don't know. I, I just got to get the trailer cleaned out, but we're running out of time. I think they only have three point races left at Stafford, and that's kind of where I want to go back. I don't want to be jumping in between two tracks when I wanted to try something new and get the car all, uh, uh, you know, just work all the bugs out. I want to try somewhere new, and it, it, you can't just jump into it, do it once, and then not do it again like go somewhere else and say, oh, well, okay, we'll fix the book somewhere else. No, I want to learn at one place and come back to that one place and stick with it. Tech Christopher would. Well, yeah, but not starting out. I mean. What's wrong with you? I Money. <laughs> money is the same as everybody else. I don't have money. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that later. I had a, I had a thought, but I'm not going to go into it now. But anyway, anybody else have any racing updates? Phil, are you going racing yet or what? Uh, I'm about $1,100 away. I just got to buy a clutch setup. Uh, Ew. Yeah. V-drive clutch, release bearing, and uh, the flex plate slash starter ring. That's all I got left. So I hope once you gotta... I get that, we're going to throw the car together. Uh, probably, I don't think I'm going to make Governor Cup at New Smyrna. I would like to, but um. I think it's going to be way too tight because I'm still not going to get my fuel cell for a couple of weeks. Uh, they custom make them to order at Fuel Safe. Yeah, tell me about uh, it. Luckily, I waited I don't like have two to months paint my for my red. Like I said, I had to wait like two months for my fuel cell. <laughs> they must have one yeah. guy doing it or something. Yeah, but uh, once we get the car together, I'm probably going to make my first race the uh, the red eye at New Smyrna in preparation for Speed Weeks. Nothing so you- like starting out on the biggest stage of the year why not just jump in the fire fuck it just send it <laughs> i mean i would run my car at stafford this weekend but it's the whale and mod tour race and i'm like i'm not here for points so i don't want to spend a whole shitload of money to work the bugs out of my car i'd really rather go on a regular night and just kind of fart around 
Well, and you wouldn't get heat races anyway. Right. That's what I kind of need. I need more practice. And if yeah. I want, if I want all the practice I can get, I would have to take a day off of work to do it. So it's like, if I'm going to do that, I might as well get as much out of it as I can. I mean, if I was racing there full time, I would not be taking Fridays off because I wouldn't have enough days to take off. I mean, I only get like four weeks paid and that's like 20 days, like allotted to me every year. And it's like, that's not enough. I, I could go there, but I could never do anything else. Like I could never just have a day off. So right. that would suck. Uh, I, I'm trying to formulate plans with Jesse to go to New Hampshire Motor Speedway with this sportsman next year and hopefully run that race that I was supposed to run this year. But obviously that fell through because of the cold vid. And hopefully we can get that together. I'd like to see that because I think all he'd have to pay for would be gas and, and the trip up there and maybe a set of tires. But what? We could, we could work on that. So I would like to set a goal to get him back on track. Uh, if I wanted to run that race, I could always just slap my car on the racetrack with the crate and put a four barrel on it. It wouldn't be too far off. I think Jesse should run the World Series with the open guys for a thousand dollars to win. He'd probably get his ass kicked, but unless he put the big motor in. But still, if you looked at the rules, it's one page and there's no motor rules. Like throw the big motor in, put on your old tires, and send it. Yeah, I, I guess. But, again, I think he'd get his ass handed to him by somebody who has a drag race motor hanging out somewhere. <laughs> Just throw it in a car and wipe the field with everybody. I mean, you're going to be against some tough competition in that race for sure. Uh, Alvi Ovit, I'm sure, is going to run that. Um, no doubt. I believe Tommy and Mike O'Sullivan will run. So. And they're late models that are going to be called sportsman cars. I ain't got an SK. I ain't got an SK or SK light motor, and I ain't got a full floating uh, Ford nine inch with gun drilled axles and rem coated bearings everywhere. I don't have a thirty grand rear end. No freaking way. It's not happening. Yeah. Well, both of the O'Sullivans have uh, NHS TRA street stocks. Oh, they do now. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Thompson, why don't we go into them? They released the World Series schedule, and uh, they actually have been putting out little, like, prods on the internet, like prodding people to say, hey, by the way, uh, there are new people running the NASCAR oval track races at this at this facility. Like, I've seen at least two separate posts in the last couple days where they've put something out that says, hey, here's something about the World Series. And by the way, did you remember that, you know, Terry's not running it anymore, and it's these two. And today, I think they posted something that says um, the backgrounds about um, Mayberry and Cur uh, crap. I'm gonna have to just fire through it. Let them correct us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wh whoever it is. Um, again, I'm not feeling the greatest, so names are gonna escape me. But yeah, the, the they keep putting out feelers to all the people saying, "Hey, by the way, the purse is you know back up to a competitive level, and you got new people running it." And I actually ran into uh, the tech staff because we were down there this Saturday filming, filming for uh, a re, uh, reunion episode of the Sid's View show that we used to work on with Vault Productions. And we, I actually walked up and talked to our tech inspector, Joe, but Whoopee. again, everybody, everybody on the Thompson staff kind of exodus and went to Waterford when Terry took over. But now I guess apparently, from what I'm hearing from the source, those guys are actually back, and they said that the new staff that's running the track is excellent, and that uh, everybody has everybody except the old tech staff has pretty much been replaced. Yay! And uh, what's that? God, 
Nothing. I, I had a burp. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I was talking to him about rules, and he said he was not in favor of what happened with our division, with the sportsmen. And he says he's going to be doing what he can to test out parts and try to get the uh, engine rules more equal. Is is that the same Real test? Real simple. What, put a four-barrel on the open motor? Two-barrel on both, headers on the crates, manifolds on the open motors. That's actually what Joe said. Send it, dude. That is the best way to do it. He said he was testing out uh, crate motors with a two-barrel with the HVH Super Sucker um, carb spacer plate yep. and, and headers. He says on the dyno it makes about 350 horse. Is this the same test that when Josh Wood had the had the SK Light motor and they were trying something? Is this the same test? I wouldn't really I want to know. I don't know. Because if it's the same kind of test, I'm not interested. Um, I know that that will be an option for crates with a weight break. And then the um, I think you still get headers. So it'll basically be a Stafford setup. So but with a different carb spacer plate. What, the SK Light for option is an option? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know why I talk rules. Damn it. How do you talk so fast? Um, no, um. I know that they're trying some things, but I know that it, it's, you know, if you're a local racing tech inspector, unless you actually have access to multiple different engines and multiple different cars and multiple different, like, engine shops and chassis dynos and shock dynos and, and coilover stuff and, you know, all these other different testing facilities, then it's really not easy to make something equal, especially a division like ours. I mean, you'd have to have access to all this stuff. And a lot of the times, the track is not willing to pay for it, so it's like you're just flying by the seat of your pants. So, I mean, I, I do kind of empathize with them on a small scale, but I do think that there is enough information out there that they can glean off of, say, uh, different people in the business who have tested this stuff and who know the different ins and outs of each type of engine. But, I mean, y you look at Thompson and Waterford, they have the same open motor rules, but nowhere else around here has the same rules. So they're basically on their own island, even though they share they share rules. I mean, what other series, like if you look at the NHS TRA street stocks compared to ours, they're not even close. Like Seekonk is closer than that. And Seekonk's not even close to us either. I mean, there's nobody out there running nine and a half to one with a 390 410 lift cam on one five rockers and like stock heads. You no, know, that not, was just you the local assholes down heads. here. Everybody else smartened up up north. I don't really, like I said, I don't really know, but I know a lot of guys are like, oh, well, we're afraid they're going to go too fast. I'm like, well, then put a two barrel on them. I mean, it's just not, like they, that's what they did. They have big motors, but they choke them with a two barrel. I mean, you can't do a lot with a two barrel, you know? It's a giant restriction. I, I don't know. Again, we could go on a whole episode about this, but again, I'm just passing the word along that I heard. And I heard that the new staff at Thompson is actually incredibly good. The purses are back. Um, again, I know that in some divisions it actually pays less to win, like the sportsman and mini, but it pays a lot more just to start. So they've, you know, it, it's actually better overall in my mind. But anyway, from what I heard, it's actually doing pretty well up there. So I'm going to go on to Stafford here. Now, Stafford had some interesting news. Before I go into their results, they, they had put out some interesting news um, about their point fund with a live video stream. Now, 
Stafford announced that the portion of their funds from the live video stream, which goes into the point fund, which is about 25% of each one, of each purchase, has reached $20,000. And that is a big deal because uh, since restrictions were placed on these tracks uh, with capacity and, and other restrictions, they can't get all the front and back gate and money that they really want. So what they're doing is they're trying to get other means of in, uh, income to supplement these types of point funds and, and purses and all this other stuff outside of advertising. And Stafford seems to be pulling it off. I mean, 20 grand off of a live stream just to fund the, a point fund at the end of the year for the drivers, that's awesome. Did we lose Phil? <laughs> Phil, are you alive? I am alive. Oh, okay. For some reason, my connection keeps cutting out. Oh, okay. I was talking about Stafford's point fund reaching $20,000 from their live stream. What do you think? Yeah, I said that's a, an impressive number. I'm actually uh, shocked it got that high that quickly. I figured it was somewhere around 10. It was 10 uh, about a month or two ago, but it's really just been ballooning. And uh, I don't know what the yearly point fund actually is because I don't look and I, I don't, I, again, I don't race there, so I don't pay attention to all the rules of every track I don't go to, but um, I know 20 grand, that's not bad. I bet you could share that pretty well amongst, uh, what do they got, four divisions there? Uh, I think it's four, right? Limited late models, street stocks. Oh, it's five. It's five divisions. Four and a half. We'll they got two. Half. They got two late model, two modified, and a sportsman division or a street stock division. So yeah, four and a half divisions if you count the limited late models. Holy. Jess, what do you think about a, a? I mean, what do you think about this this live TV point fund deal? I mean, a lot of people bitch about the price, but the. Um the cost that it has to go in for hosting and and uh, and the production is actually more or less um, it's it is a little it is a little bit pricey. These things don't host themselves and servers are not cheap. Um, but uh, I think it's been so far it's been a home run. I mean I don't think twenty dollars is that ridiculous of a price, especially when you watch all the features live With and a lot of pay per view events are a lot more. You even get replays. Yeah, you can, but it's only for thirty days. No, no, no. I, on the spot, like if an if an incident happens, they actually go oh, back and show you replays. instant replays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. instant replays. That's I'm also sorry. a big plus because you know as you turn around, you know, talk to your buddy next year, or you are sipping a beer, and then you know, blinking, somebody's in the fence or whatever happened, or a great pass for the lead, you miss it. So well, you, you can you go used back. To get replays at the track. Yeah, if you're at the beer line. <laughs> well, we used to get them sitting in the grandstands until lightning struck it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot the video board used to work, which kind of stinks. That would be awesome ah! if that thing still worked. I'm not Holy sure. There, there's ah! got to be something that's extremely expensive within that that fried. It has to be. It has to be like the whole thing just lit up. It must have hit everything in the backlighting. It had to hit every single thing, the projector and everything. It smoked. That stuff is not cheap. It's probably got like a control board. That costs like three quarters of the price of the thing, and that's probably yep. what fried or something like that. I, I mean, back to the price of uh, the the stream though, twenty bucks. Really, people complaining about that blow my mind because you're not waiting for the bathroom. No, beer's you cheaper at home. You can go get food whenever you want without missing anything. 
you have beer or any drink you want at your disposal, not for free, but obviously you got to pay for it. But uh, it, it's nowhere near the price at the track. So shut up and watch the race. You're watching four hours of entertainment. That's pretty damn good. At the one of the most premier racetracks in the country. And oh, you're not yeah. sweating your balls off in the middle of summer. Or freezing your nuts off in the middle of now. Yeah. It's <laughs> Is it 40, cold up there? It's 40 at night. It was 96 degrees at uh, 417 the other night. See, that's way too hot, too. There needs to be yeah, happy medium. Yeah, that's just way too hot. You see, there ha- and when you, if you had come on the crew, you would have been... You would have been like, like the like the Jamaican guys in cool runnings and shit. Yes, yeah, freezing in the your dreads off and shit. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that part. They lock them yeah. in the freezer. Yeah, but <laughs> oh, it was actually it was. I was thinking about doubling sweatshirts up at the speed bowl the other night. I'm glad I had one of those like neck gaiters that people say don't work to stop COVID. That's probably why I have it now. I, I don't have it. I just have seasonal allergies. But I, I had that wrapped up around my head and my ears so that I would, like, not freeze. It was cold. But I yeah, I mean, it gets cold this time of year. Yeah. Summer literally packed its bags and left, like, overnight. It was fast. Like, within less than three days, I had to pull the air conditioners out of the window because it was, like, way too cold. It was just letting cold air in too fast. But anyway, um, yeah, people are complaining about the price of this stuff, but they keep forgetting that you can't really run a racetrack and have the purse and, and other monetary um, obligations to fulfill at 25% capacity. That's just not really feasible. I mean, you can probably get away with it, but you're not going to really do a lot of positive things with the racetrack. Like, there's a lot of upkeep. There's a lot of overhead. There's a lot of things that you'd also have to fulfill with purses and, and point funds and stuff. and. Uh, sponsor obligations, et cetera, et cetera. You can go down the list. I mean, but that's, again, this is the premier reason why these racetracks are paying or charging more money, the ones that can open at least, for you to get in. I mean, it's just simple economics. It's supply and demand, and you have to keep things at a set rate of income to keep that place going. So, I mean, if you're not paying 13 bucks to get in the front gate and you're paying 20 now, well, I mean, count your blessings that you can even do it at this point. So... Do they have restrictions in Florida? On uh, masks? No, on capacity. Uh, not that I really have noticed. There's not really restrictions on anything. This is kind of Freedomville down here. Oh, so it's actually America. I walk into every restaurant, every store, everything. No mask, no one gives a shit. Uh, <laughs> you didn't see a single mask at the racetrack. Nobody's social anti-social distancing any of that oh so it's just normal then yeah it's normal oh okay because we're all up here with a ball and chain still so all right so speaking of stafford i might as well go into their results and let people know you know way behind time who who won and who lost um limited late models andrew durand won again i think that's like fourth or fifth win this year late models adam gray went back to victory lane again uh, I think this is like two weeks in a row. I believe he also has the point lead even after getting wrecked out a couple weeks ago. I think that's still his backup car, but obviously it's fast. Uh, SK Lights, Alexander Pearl won after like three terrible weeks. I mean, he went from having a huge point lead to being behind by quite a bit, but he picked it picked it back up and went back to victory lane. That's good for him. SK's Keith Rocco won. Uh, Street Stocks. 
Megan Fuller won in a photo finish over Travis Hydar. I wouldn't call it a photo. I'd call it a close finish, but um, I know there was like that. That looked like the most competitive race of the night because there was at least four cars, uh, either side by side or nose to tail, right on top of each other coming to the checkered. So at least they're holding up their end of the bargain with keeping a race that's interesting going. And for the open modified 80, the Twisted T80, uh, Woody Pitcat won that. And no one better to win that because he loves them Twisted Tees. And I'm glad to see Woody back in victory lane, especially with the Stan Mertz team. Uh, yeah, it was it was great to see that. And I, I didn't look at my phone hardly all day on Saturday. I was up early out the door, and I had no idea what had happened on Friday night. And when I finally got home at 4 o'clock in the morning on Sunday... Um, I had a chance to sit down and look through Facebook and I saw that and that I fist pumped right there in the middle of my living room. <laughs> well, people don't, people really don't remember, but Woody Pitcat is what? He's the second most wins all time at Stafford or is he now third? I can't remember. Second, I believe this was his 78th win at the track. I know Keith Rocco's getting up there. But, I don't know uh, where Keith is on the list. He's got to be getting Stafford up there. Stafford's got a list on their website. I think he was somewhere in the 50s still. Okay, so I think Woody's still at least second on the all-time win list, which that's a good feather to have in your cap, especially when Teddy is going to you know, run away <laughs> with that one. Yeah, he was stuck at 77 for a long time. Yeah, at least he got that one off his back. I wish I had 77 wins. I don't even know if I have 77 starts. Um also, Stafford posted that the Tri-Track Open Modified Series, CBYD, Call Before You Dig, 811, or 811, I should say. It's I got just reading my notes here. That's 811, dummy. Modified Classic, 81 laps, 26 drivers to take start. I think that's how many pit stalls they have is what they figure 26, right? Um, park some of the chuds in the dirt. Put them all out there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be $10,000 to win like most tri-track races. It's going to be on October 24th. Good God, get your parka and your ski pants out. You're going to freeze your nuts off. I don't know anything about um, any possible support divisions for that race yet. Uh, I did read an article, but I kind of skimmed it. and you know, I apologize to the listeners, but at least I tried. <laughs> anyway, again, I'm trying to just kind of float through the show today because I feel like crap. I took two Benadryl and I'm like, I don't know. I'm in a fog here. All right. So I might as well stay local here, but let's just, let's just throw this out there and say Joey Polorczyk. I think that's his last name. I can't, I can't pronounce these freaking names. Joey Pole. He won the Granite State Pro Stock Series 100 lap race at Star Speedway this weekend. Uh, I think their points chase is coming down to uh, the last few races, I know Ray Christian III, who's friend of the podcast, He's, I believe he's still in the points hunt there. He's either second or third. I don't know which one. I know it's very close. But he's still in the hunt for the title. I think Joey Pole is. I think, um, ah, shit, I can't remember the other guy's name. But it's going to come down to it. And they got two races coming up at Waterford, I think. So I think that's where um, Ray is going to really make up some ground because he is good there. He's won there in these cars. And he cut his teeth there, so we'll see what happens with that with that series coming up soon. I like to stay local, so let's go wander into the Waterford results. Now, I should give this little caveat to this. We did film the Waterford races. This was the Bob Potter Memorial 102 event, $5,100 to win uh, SK Modified race. 
we did film this event for the Vault Productions, the Sid's View show. That's going to be on uh, YouTube free coming up very soon. But if you don't want to hear the... Probably tomorrow. Probably tomorrow? Yeah, probably tomorrow. Did you get him the footage? Yeah. Cool. So if... Oh, it'll probably be out when this podcast drops. So if it hasn't yet, I will just issue a spoiler alert warning in case people didn't know the results of these events. But here's the Waterford results from Saturday night. Late models. Ryan Lynham showed up with a hastily repaired car, and it was lightning fast. I don't know what Scoots and the boys did to that number 10 car, but that thing was on rails, and nobody could beat him on restarts. He could take off and at the same exact spot and pull a full car length down the front straightaway before getting into turn one every single time. And trust me, they had plenty of restarts to, ca- to uh, catch him, and they didn't do it. So Ryan Lynham came back and absolutely killed him. I think they put like two clips on that car. That thing was hurt. Sportsman feature. Now, this was a complete shit show. Um, I think halfway through, there was, there was only like eight cars left halfway through, and they usually bring a pretty decent car count, but a lot of the top guys managed to keep their nose clean. Sean Monahan came away with yet another win. Uh, many stocks. Charles Canfield went to the victory lane. Um, I was actually kind of surprised to see him starting so far up front when I know he's probably won already this year, but... Again, we always say that, and we always know it's a rule at a track. You can't start in top five, but it never gets put in. But, you know, whatever. We're not the ones doing it. Uh, But I do need to give a special shout-out to Bill Sylvia, who drove the second-place car in the mini-stock feature. I believe that's the 88 car, the blue car. He said it was his best finish ever. He finished second, and he had ample opportunity to go take out Canfield for the win. But he didn't do it. In victory lane, he says, I'm not going to move him out of the way for my first win, and that's not how I race. And I had a lot of respect for the guy for for doing that. And it, it was very evident that he was not willing to take him out because he had a nose on him a couple times, and he did not move him up the racetrack. See, it was very nice to watch. A he's the hero race. we didn't want, but the one we deserved. Yeah. Bill's a really good dude. I met him uh, in the office at the Speed Bowl over the winter, and he's super, super nice guy. Uh Really down to earth, low buck team, uh, but obviously he's got his shit together, which is great to see. Yeah, that car's been coming around quite a bit. I mean, I've watched him racing, coming from like running around towards the back and then running around towards the middle, and now he's kind of uh, competitive up front. You know, they're working hard, and he's learning a lot. So again, nice to see a respectful race. Somebody not willing to just go out there and move somebody out of the way like a jerk. Anyway. We had more more divisions coming up. Sport trucks. Barry Shaw went to victory lane in a very boring race. I will say, however, they're uh, all boring. Most of them, except for the except for the mods and the late models. Everything else kind of was either a shit show. Well, it's either or, a shit show or boring. But or boring. Uh, yeah, give them a little bit of cut them a little bit of yeah, slack. Yeah. Thanks for behaving. Yeah, could that's be no nice. racing at all. What's that? I said there could be no racing at all. That's exactly it. But yeah, I will it's give my the freedom seat- to bitch. Yeah, I will give the Seekonks <laughs> I will give the Seekonk Sport Trucks a lot of credit because they do have their counts. I've been paying attention. They had a few they had a few more from last race, so more guys are showing up. Um I did, I was watching and it was um I think Jake Venata is down in that trucks right now. And he uh he was going around every turn and I could see the right front sparking like the sway bar had come un, un- unhooked and was dragging on the ground or getting wiped off. I'm like, ooh, that's bad, and the thing was rolling real bad. But he went backwards real fast when that happened because he was up front, and then uh, 
just dropped off the table real quick, but looked like there was an issue. SK lights were interesting. Um, Wayne Burroughs Jr. won, and I know that's not really a surprise to a lot of people because he's won, I think that's his third win, but this race came down to, I think, the last or the second-to-last lap, and it was him and Chapman, one of the Chapmans, I forget which one, but they were battling, and Chapman kept hitting wide coming out of four, and Wayne's got a little bit more experience, and he managed to get a nose under him and run him. They ran pretty clean, but he did get by him, and uh, that was exciting towards the end. Uh, trucks, speedball trucks. Uh, I believe the count was slightly up also here. You know, it would probably come up all the way if they actually made them the same as the um, New England Truck Series or Exit Realty Truck Series. But we've already said enough about that on this show to beat a dead horse. Uh, but Randy Burr won that race, and he had to battle Kenny Cassidy Jr. For, uh, yeah, Kenny Cassidy Jr. for that one. I keep forgetting Kenny's in the trucks. <laughs> I keep screwing myself up. But uh, Kenny fell off a little bit late. And uh, Randy ran away with that one. So the Potter Memorial SK-102. Um, this was actually a really interesting race. I did. There was some things I could take away from it and say, look, we probably don't need to do that next time. Uh, they, they ran the first 51 laps, and then they had, what, a 10-minute intermission break in the middle where you couldn't change tires, but you could work on your car? You could change tires as long as they were... On the, the same tire, if you wanted to move the right rear to the right front, you could do that. You could change tires on the car, but you couldn't swap tires with a new tire, right? Yeah, yeah. you can. You change them around move, on the car. You can rotate and balance your tires. Oh, okay. You know, check your toe. So you could play with stagger with, with the tires that are on the car, but you can't. Okay. Yeah. So that was, I know that got pretty low reviews for the uh, halfway break, but. I think they did it because it was on lap 51. Uh, it was in case anybody had fuel problems, and it I was don't think like you would, it was though. like one of those things that, uh, you know, it was a tribute lap, so it was a good time to throw a caution and. I mean, it's a good excuse, but I I don't like just taking a break. It's like you should just run the race, you know. Um, but anyway, it got interesting at the end. Uh, I know, um, Kyle James and Timmy Jordan were swapping the lead back and forth there through the midway part of the race. I think uh, Kyle led like something close to like 50 laps of the thing, didn't he? Yeah, it was kind of weird how everybody was taking the top, and then it's like they forgot they were you know not at Thompson but at Waterford, and they lose the lead every Tim time. Tim Jordan was on the bottom, like, oh, thank you, and you just take it, and then he take the lead, let him burn their tires off a little bit, and then once he got once he figured out that they were a little bit faster at that time. It's like he kind of just like pulled over and let him go by. He would. He was just yeah. letting him go by once the field stretched out and the other guys were charging hard behind him. It was almost like he was really conserving tires. You got balls doing that. I don't think I would want to do that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd be like, nope, got to go. But you <laughs> and know, then I'd probably lose. Yeah. But <laughs> or get spun out. You know, right. Either way. But yeah. kind of like Kyle did late in the race. That He's they a didn't champion. Call. He thinks ahead. You know, and that's what makes him a champion. Well, they're all champions. Willing I mean, to do that shit. Yeah, Kyle's Kyle's an SK champion. Timmy's a late model champion at least a couple times. And uh, Keith Rocco joined the fray later in the race. He had to start uh, at least mid pack and work his way to the front. And without tire changes, he had to. You know, it's hard for you to conserve and go fast at the same time. And I mean, Keith got to the front, but. And he really made it interesting at the end. He had the lead very late, but he just didn't have the tires after running through the entire field to keep up. And Timmy Jordan 
had he still had the car to win. And Timmy got by Keith late, a little bump here, a little nerf there, and he got by and just ran away with the last eight to ten laps. And just, I mean, he was lapping cars by that point. And it was, it, Timmy Jordan wins, and it was, I guarantee, the biggest win of his career. And not even, I mean, just single race win, it, was, it has to be the biggest win of his career. And that's really cool to see. I know he's been working really hard on that uh, LFR uh, car. He works with them guys up at Stafford on Copsick's car as a crew chief, I believe. Phil, is that actually accurate? I'm actually not 100% sure. I know he works with those guys, but I don't know uh, what his role is. I'd heard that he was a crew chief for Copsick. Again, don't quote me on that. I just heard that through the pits and scuttlebutt and stuff. I didn't ask him personally, I mean... But I know that he's been working with LFR on trying to learn the cars a little bit more, and, and obviously um, it's paying off. I mean, Copsick is fast. Timmy's gotten a lot faster and a lot better. And coming up with a, a win this big, especially in a, a long-distance race, and he was up against a ton of competition. I mean, you look at all the SK and modified uh, type of racers around this region who... Um, have any sort of success that are still racing, obviously. I mean, the only ones not there were probably Woody Pitcat and Ronnie Williams. I mean, he had a ton of competition in that race. I mean, even even Matt Hirschman and Andy Jankovia came and they ran this race in different cars. Uh, I think, um, actually, Andy was in the Perry for, uh, 76. And, go ahead, bud. Say hi. Hi, Hey, Raj. And I know Money Matt was in his 41 SK. It's kind of an older car, but he keeps that one for these types of races. But those guys were coming up towards the, the, the front half, of the, or, well, inside the top 10 late in the race, but obviously they ran out of time and, and space to get up there. But um, it's, it's awesome to see Timmy having it. I think this is his second or third win of the year, too. I think it's only his second. Is it his second? I think it's I only his remember. second. It's, obviously, don't quote me on that. Yeah, considering the bad luck he's had in the past couple of years in that division, it's really nice to see him coming out on top consistently, running up front. You know, he deserves it. He's a good dude, a uh, real smart guy, and uh, definitely deserves it. Yeah, I mean, he struggled mightily in when he first started running mods because I don't think he ran SKs. I think he jumped straight up to tour mods, like the tour-type mods. Not not NASCAR, Wayland, Modified Tour, nothing, but more like... You know, VMRS or Tri-Track type mods, right. which aren't far off. Um, and I know that he had very, very limited success and very, very uh, heavy-handed on the headaches and the tribulations and trials of those cars. But coming to SKs and sticking with Waterford and, and working with LFR and working with all these other teams and, work, and just developing the program has really paid dividends. And obviously he hasn't lost it behind the wheel. He just had to get it to a point where he could, you know, maintain and, and be as competitive as possible. And he's right there. So kudos to him. $5,100 richer. the hell is that smell? Oh, who knows? You got to ask. And you oh, it's probably my – I'm probably – Jesse's like, what's that smell? I'm like, it's probably my Sharpie. I've just been marking stuff off. Um, sticking with a little bit of Delicious. local news. I'll say uh, the Riverhead Mod Tour race was canceled, 
And I believe the last two remaining uh, Wayland Modified Tour races are going to be Stafford, which I believe is this Friday, and Thompson for the World Series, and it's going to finish it up for them. Uh, I believe it's only going to be a nine-race season, which is really unfortunate, but, I mean, we're kind of playing the cards we're dealt here, and we don't really, you know, there's not a lot they can do. So, I mean, it is. Taking you like it. We're doing what we can here. I mean, there's not much, really not a lot that we can do here. So. I think I'm out of local news. Anybody got any other local news that they, that I might have missed? I think a, one thing I might have missed was I was talking about the Thompson Tech staff and the sportsman division because that's our division. But I know, you know, a lot of these other divisions, if when the tech staff re, regains their foothold there, they're not going to change anything. But I know at Thompson they said, okay, well we're going to run uh, the sportsman with the Hoosiers from uh, Stafford. But I I've heard through the grapevine from the tech staff itself that that might not last that's this is just kind of in the air right now they said it's not really confirmed yet or not but they might be going back to the american racer tires at thompson so again this is a little bit ahead of it but is um, it going to be at the world series or is it for next year uh I, i could not confirm that i'd ask the tech staff personally they said they couldn't confirm it either because they're still working through channels to try to get it through for the world series buy new tires mine are dry rotten you know, garbage from sitting anyway. So Run them till they pop. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> no, don't do that. Um, but yeah, again, that's I, this is all not. Do a barrel roll. So we'll I, again. At least I went to the source this time instead of speculation. So I'm just giving you what they told me. So I'll switch it over. To, Phil, you got any other local news? Even if it's Florida news, I don't even care. Uh, not really. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to do a section of news that we haven't done on this podcast except for maybe one time. NHRA news. All right, so NHRA press. What the f- How could that okay, be? Okay, so no, this is important. Really? This is actually important. NHRA President Glenn Cromwell announces a lawsuit against the Coca-Cola company. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Now, the statement reads below from NHRA President Glenn Cromwell. 2020 is a year we will never forget. As the country and the world paused in the face of COVID-19, NHRA, like other sports sanctioning bodies, uh, canceled and postponed events. We had to do our part to protect public health, and our decisions were based on evolving governmental and public health guidance. God, I can't read. I'm sorry. We worked with our entire racing community, government authorities, and experts to return to racing in a prudent way. Now, we are one of the few sports anywhere that successfully returned to operating with spectators, with protocols in place, to support those operations, much like NASCAR, I assume. Um, Like many organizations, the pandemic impacted our finances, for example, without fans in the stands. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Let's get to... Let's get... Let's skip a whole bunch here. This... This statement's really freaking long here. I'm sorry. What? Okay, so I'm truly proud to say that the NHRA is the largest and greatest auto racing organization in the world. And we have all of you to thank for that, as well as everyone else. In the, he's speaking to the fans here. Okay. We continue to work with our series sponsor, Coca-Cola, and their Mellow Yellow brand. Even though they decided to withhold a payment from us during the pandemic, they worked with us and all the systems were go for their sponsorship to continue as contracted through the end of 2023. Recently, Coca-Cola had a change of heart 
and they told us they would walk away from their agreement to sponsor our professional series, not at the end of 2023, as promised in their agreement, but now, after being with us since 2002. We are deeply disappointed that they've taken this position. NHRA has always treated our sponsors as part of our family. Family sticks together and when times get tough. But it seems that the Coca-Cola company is using the pandemic as an opportunity to break their promise. We can't let that stand. We owe it to everyone who makes the NHRA so excellent. All our employees, teams, tracks, fans, partners, sponsors to hold Coca-Cola to its promises. Today in the United States District Court for the Central District of California, we filed a lawsuit against the Coca-Cola company. We have never filed a lawsuit like this in our history, and we never expected to be forced to take action against such a longstanding partner. We value our relationships with our sponsors. We do not take this action lightly. But we are unwavering in our belief that we have no other option to protect our rights and the interests of our racing community, especially the racers whose purse was funded by, in large part by this agreement. And he goes on to thank other people, but again, that's the... Lousy Democrats. That's the majority of the statement from the NHRA. So that was surprising. I didn't see that coming. I have a series title sponsor just say, hey, by the way, uh, we don't want to do this no more. We can't wait to see the slap shoes video on that. Oh, boy. That's going to get interesting. Phil, you are a drag racer. What do you think? <laughs> I th- stuff like that just blows my mind. Like, how can you break a contract like that knowing everybody's struggling right now? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, let's be fair and say that uh, Coca-Cola is probably not suffering because they're still selling their products. We know somebody who... They're probably selling more now than they were. Yeah. I mean, we know someone personally who delivers their products, and let's be honest, he's still working. He was essential. You kidding? No, Chris Garside, he's a Coke driver. Yeah. And he... um, He's very essential. As far as I know, he's been working. Chris, if you haven't been, please must bring diabetes to the people. Yes. Hey, it's their choice. This is America, and they can get it if they want. So we need to feed the insulin machine. Mm-hmm. Go. And if they don't, they can drink diet and have other issues, and they can feed that machine. Diet <laughs> insulin. <laughs> right. Diet insulin. Mm. I say that, and I'm drinking, like, ginger ale. So, yeah, good for me. Uh, but, no, that's really, I mean... You know that the NHRA has never had a problem like this. You know, I mean, NASCAR didn't have a problem with with Winston ever until the government stepped in, and we've touched on that. But I mean, when we'll get a, nobody's ever going to be a great sponsor as Winston. Was. I mean, let's be fair and say that Monster probably wasn't the greatest sponsor for the Cup Series, but they didn't pull out of their contract. They just didn't resign. Well, who you know owns I mean? Monster? Does Coca Cola own Monster? Mm, yeah. I don't even know who owns them now. Coca-Cola owns Monster. I thought they were their own proprietary brand. I don't know whatever. No, Monster owns Coca-Cola. Whatever. Lame. Lame. So, okay, so Coca-Cola is like AT&T. They're kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are. No, I'm not kidding. Like, AT&T owns DirecTV, and DirecTV has, like, the fucking worst customer service ever if you have them past your contract date all you see is your bill go up and all they do is cold call you trying to sell you channels that frontier just called and just asked you to hold its beer okay i'll actually concede to that but because i don't be an at&t company they 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 know the way (laughs) yeah like direct tv would call me and say hey do you want these channels 
they're free for like three months and then after that you get billed and i'm like no and they're like well i'm sorry but like you since you answered the phone we have to put them on your bill and i'm like no you absolutely fucking don't like they have they're the worst like i just this is they're the reason i don't answer my phone anymore unless i know somebody i'm not answering my phone because i don't want stuff getting charged to my bill that i didn't ask for like they would literally call you and say they're adding channels to your bill and say that they're free but then they'll charge you if you don't like cancel it. It's like, <laughs> it's like thanks. But no, Coca Cola, come on. We know you're still moving products. You know, give us a break. We know you're still making money. You got money for like multi million dollar stupid idiot like commercials during the Super Bowl that are completely meaningless. And uh, come on, seriously, I got nothing else to say. But come on. You know, you don't jump out of a contract. It's the end of the year. If you want it out of the contract, you can negotiate out of the contract after the goddamn season's over. Like, have some tact. Hmm. Anybody else have to add to my rant? I think Phil left. No, I'm here. <laughs> oh, okay. He's back. All right. So before I get into... Uh... Oh, I do have one more thing. Go ahead. Gay! Was that okay, it? That's it. Oh, okay. Before I go into National Series recaps, because everybody already knows that, I'll just go through a couple little other national notes. Uh, re- let's see. report was released today that Ross Chastain is filling the seat in the 42 Chip Ganassi, series, or Chip Ganassi racing car in the Cup Series full-time next season. Now, is that actually surprising, or, or is that, like, did we not see this one coming? I expected it eventually. I personally just, I, I did expect it. I didn't really think anybody else was going to get in that car next year. I, I fully expected Ross to get in, especially with the contract that he had with Ganassi that got basically screwed over by DC Solar. And he was still under contract. They honored the contract. So I figured with, I mean, Chip likes the guy. And I didn't, I really didn't think anybody else was going to get in that car. Even if it was just a one year deal and keep Ross down in the Xfinity series to develop him more, I still thought he was going to come up anyway. Yeah, eventually, yeah. I mean, I thought it was going to be next year too. Like I, I, I thought he'd come up after twenty twenty one, but it's we all kind of knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. So, well, I right. need an experienced guy to you know flush the team out a little bit and try to give him a little feedback and setup help with Matt Kenseth. And you know, once that's there, you know, they can catch up a little bit. And I mean, they, I don't know that Matt Kenseth's actually done a lot for that team. To be honest. Well, the problem is he can't do a lot because they don't have practice. He's basically getting into a green car after not being in yeah. one and going to places he's been to a million times, but not in cars like this and not in a team like that and not with these you yeah, know, people. Yeah, but he can provide and, a feedback for after the fact. Right. He's basically yeah, they, providing real-time feedback as he's going, but it's not really it, – I don't think it'll translate as well as if he had actual practice time. Like, yeah. They really haven't gotten any better as the years gone on. They had one moment of brilliance at Indianapolis when he uh, finished second to Kevin Harvick, but uh, I don't know. I, I just I think the sun is set on his career. I, I like Matt Kenseth a lot, but I think his his heart and mind are elsewhere, and I think he was doing this more to just make sure that he was uh, he was done. Yeah, well, they called him. They, you know, he didn't call them. So right. To be fair, we all knew that Matt Kenseth was going to bring that race car home in one piece, and for the most part, he's done that. I think he's only wrecked it once. Yeah, I think he's only, and I think that was a tire failure. Yeah. So I, yeah, again, he's he's getting sponsorship exposure. 
He's putting the car in good spots. He's doing as well as he can. And he, he does he's things it home after in one the piece. fact is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think it's all after. It, I think they're just building a notebook based on the sole, the sole purpose that they're going to race this car next year, and they don't have practice, so they have to build a notebook, and I think he's doing that. So, again, the, the loss of Kyle Larson in that car really hurt that team, I think. Hey, they fired him. Yeah, they did it to themselves, obviously, but, I mean. So... In other NASCAR news, um, a report came over today that said NASCAR will have one cup race at the Texas Motor Speedway next year, and they'll have one of those races move over to Circuit of the Americas, the road course that holds a Formula One race. Uh, I was hearing rumors that they were thinking of also going to Nashville, but I am unsure if they mean the Super Speedway or the fairgrounds. Because I'm pretty sure the Super Speedway was already confirmed on the schedule. You mean, back to truck up here. So Texas is only going to get, Texas Motor Speedway is only going to get one race next year. Apparently so, yes. You know how many tracks closed because of Texas to have two dates Uh, and a big scoreboard? Four? At least. I could think of like North Wilkes. Yeah, Nazareth, North Wilkesboro, uh, Pikes Peak. Um, I think oh, I even about that place. yeah, Pikes Peak. The scoreboard went from Pikes Peak to uh, to Texas before they built Big Hoss, obviously. Yeah, before they built Big Hoss, and uh, I think Walt Disney World too. I think Walt. But Dis- that was a little different no, story. But Walt Disney World was kind of their own undoing. I think that was just management with with Disney World itself, which was what killed that. Well, so. it, it was basically a temporary stadium so. we'll call it three places yeah we'll call it three tracks basically well, closed yeah top of my head yeah at least so yeah that's the way the racing world goes apparently and phil did you say something about the all-star race being at texas next year phil bueller phil that shit ain't right man a guy just up and you know leaves us here We've lost Phil. <laughs> oh, he's calling us back. Is he there? I'm here. Phil, you're on the How air. Work to drop completely out. Okay, so what I was asking you before your phone dropped out was, um, had you heard that Texas Motor Speedway was getting the All Star Race next year? Yes. That's going to be horrible. Unless they run it on the quarter mile, I agree. Oh, the quarter mile would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the legends. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's gonna be awful. Oh, it'll be it'll be the Kevin Harvick show, really. Why don't they just leave it at Charlotte? Like, Why don't they just leave it at Bristol? Charlotte was fine. Bristol was fine. They, you know, they they're trying to go back to this idea that NASCAR had at the be the very beginning of the All-Star event, which was, hey, why don't we hold this at a different track every year? And they did it at Atlanta once, and they were like, nah, let's just keep it at Charlotte. And it's like, it's been fine. ever. It was like 30 damn years they went to Charlotte every year. This year they went to Bristol for obvious reasons, and it was, it was okay. It, it worked, but... It was too short. They should have run the stages longer. Yeah, but... Get Texas, tire wear into the mix. Don't allow them to change tires. I hope that they're going to have something up their sleeve for something really special with the cars to make the racing better. They better because this race is going to suck. 
Like I, I can, I, I, I hate being pessimistic, but Texas bores the piss out of me since they reconfigured it. Like they At made halfway turn them around and make them go around the track clockwise. No, no, no. Take half of them and turn them around backwards. <laughs> okay, Tony Stewart. Well, that would be a better show. I mean, it'd be like <laughs> real life wreckfest. Although that's what half of these races tend to be sometimes anyway. I mean, uh, again, I hate to be negative, but God, that's just not not all about it. Since they re like I liked Texas before they reconfigured it when it had big banking in one and two. But once they got this big spoiler and big splitter package and less horsepower, boring. These cars, when they were monsters, when they were just in the COT era and they still had 900 horsepower, they were a lot more fun to watch. But, I mean, now it's like, ugh, that track's terrible. And I don't even know whose crack they were smoking when they put that freaking banking in turn one and two. That's just stupid. The racing is just god-awful there now. Oh, yeah, trucks. You got to have trucks. Kevin Harvick loves it. Yeah, he loves it because he wins there, but that's the only reason why he should love it. They should do it at <laughs> Texas World Speedway, which has been bulldozed. Yeah, even there's better. nothing left Put that. the dirt tires on it. Yeah, there's, there's not even anything left. Tires on it. Why don't they just do the all-star race at, at Eldora? No comment? No. Put dirt on Bristol like they're talking about and run it there. That was fun with the World of Outlaws when they did that. That was that was pretty cool looking. They must put they're so talk, much dirt down. They're talking about doing it again. They should. Nah, that put it on dirt. Let's see something fun. All right, so quickie recap here. Uh, Sam Mayer won the Bristol Truck Race on Thursday night. Kid's only seventeen freaking years old. The kid can't even shave. Who? I don't even know. Uh, Oscar Meyer. Sam My- uh, Sam Mayer. He won the Arca Race the same night as well. Yeah, he also won that, and I believe he also just signed a contract with Junior Motorsports to race their Xfinity, one of their Xfinity cars next year as well. Uh, half the season because he doesn't turn 18 in time. Right. Um, Trevor Bain ran for Nice Motorsports. He had a fifth-place finish until the team was DQ'd post-race for uh, being too low. So that stinks for him. But I guess he's uh, trying to make a run back into uh, NASCAR, so good for him. Um, If he does it the right way, I won't mind it. But I just felt like his first time around – he he got lucky. He won the Daytona 500, and then everything was all about Trevor Bain. Oh my God, he's the greatest thing since Casey, what's his name, Atwood. <laughs> we need to do Buckshot a where are Jones. We now. <laughs> yeah, right. So Chase Buck shit Jones. Oh God, these kids they all stunk. Um, Chase Briscoe won the Xfinity Bristol race. Uh, got by Ross Chastain and Austin Cindric late to win that. Uh, good for him. I kind of like that kid. I do. Um, I know Ross made a good charge at it, but Chase was like, "Nah, I got to get by." And Ross, Kudos to, to, Ross doored the piss out of him, but he couldn't stop him. So yeah, Cindric made a yeoman's effort. He really did. And then uh, yeah, it was a tough. Once run. once once he got past, like, okay, that's enough. You know, he held on as long as he could with no power steering. Yeah, so. yeah. I forgot about him losing power steering, and that stinks at at a big bank short track like that, you can't make, you need to be able to put quick movement in the steering wheel mm-hmm. without power steering. You're basically a second slow. I mean, yeah, you, you have you to go from normal it. to Mark Martin. Yeah. You gotta, you have to With two you, hands at 12. You basically set the cruise control. It's I mean, hard. you can't do it. All right. And then on Saturday night, Bristol night race for the cup series, Kevin Harvick won his ninth race of the year at Bristol Saturday night. 
Uh, Ryan Priest, local boy, he finished ninth. So good run for those guys. His teammate got wrecked early. Um, but uh, Kyle Kyle Bush, uh, Pouty Burns, had harsh words for lapped cars who he felt played into the end result of the race. <laughs> um, it's funny because he used the lap cars to get the lead. Mm-hmm. And now it, it, it's never Kyle Bush's fault. Right. Nope. You know? I mean, I saw the lapped cars when and when anybody came up on the lapped cars, the lapped cars basically would give up the bottom, or they'd hold their lane. They wouldn't lane wander all over the place. They weren't really that bad. Yeah, they were. The lapped cars were doing so perfect until he lost the lead. Yes, yeah. and then again, I usually kind of chide those guys if they don't do a good job. But when you go in the corner on a, a set trajectory every time, mm-hmm. and you give those guys a lane every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, you're slower, but you're giving them the opportunity to get by. Question for the committee. Shoot. Uh, what does the driver's meeting say about lap traffic? Because I'm sure they t- discussed the topic. Uh, which lane should they be in for? I don't Traditionally, think... they're mm-hmm. supposed to be on the bottom and let them go by on the outside. However, it's that was 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, so They're not running it... on the apron letting people go by no more. Basically, it's like, I think it's just give them a lane and hold it. That's all it is. Yeah, I believe it's at your discretion to hold your line. Yeah, you just got to hold your line. No Uh, blocking. Okay, well, I guess, uh, yeah, and and, uh, Kyle Busch now says he said he was, uh, they're lucky if they're going to even make the chase. Sounds like he's already defeated. No, he's like, we're just, we're not going to make it out of the next round, I think he said. And I'm like, well, that's a good attitude. (laughs) That's a good attitude to have. Cry, baby, cry for me. Come on, cry. <laughs> Deep in the recesses of my brain, a tiny red-hot little flame began to grow. <laughs> 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 Pouty Burns at it again. I mean, I I feel for the guy for not winning, but at the same time, I don't because I mean, you still got to perform, dude. I mean, the lap cars aren't the ones holding you up. You could have got by. It's that soft candy shell. Be faster. That you know, hard candy shell. Kevin Harvick was faster. Uh, the guy is older. He's old. You know, I don't. I was gonna say he's twice your age. He's not. But um, taste the rainbow, motherfuckers. Exactly. <laughs> Just you got to be faster. Don't bitch about the lap cars if they're giving you a lane. That's it. All right. I'm out of notes. Anybody have any final parting thoughts? That's the American way. I need more whiskey again. Me too. I just ran out. What about you, Jess? Any parting thoughts? Yeah! I uh, hope to be back at Stafford before they shut down. Hopefully I'll be there. I'm shooting for two weeks. Um, not this week because it's Wayland Mod Tour, but I'm shooting for the week after that so that I can get out there before their season ends. Um, and I don't want to race when it's freaking freezing out. I'm not racing in November. Screw that. So hopefully that comes to fruition. Uh, other than that, uh, I got nothing else for this week. So you can find this show on every major podcast platform, and you can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can go to GleasonBrosRacing.com if you want to find some links to the episodes. You can find me on Instagram at BrentGleason01 and at Twitter at the same handle. Uh, disregard the fact that I am actually the 81 at uh, Stafford at Thompson. I won't be. Uh, you can find Phil at P Jakes J A C Q U E S Racing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Jesse is off the grid. 
because Quiet, boy. he doesn't like people. Oh, uh, geez. All right. I think that's all I got. What about what Raji wanted to say? What does Raji want to say? Raji, what's up? Okay. You can find my you can find my kid on pretty much whatever video game he finds lying around. So, anyway, until next time, keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence. Thank you all. For Hello, listening. you people know a lot about trucks. Bing, 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 bong. China. Bing, bing, bong. Obamacare. Bing, 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 bong, 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 bong. Yeah. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs>